Hey guys, before we get started, uh, I'm gonna be I'm touring again. Uh, I'm actually recording this in Tempe, Arizona, uh, where comedy is legal, uh, featuring out here from Mark Norman, which is exciting. Next weekend, I'm gonna be in Oklahoma City. This was a last minute gig, maybe kinda. I think I forgot to write it down. The point is next weekend. Uh, January 14th through the 17th, I'm doing six shows in Oklahoma City at the Bricktown Comedy Club. So if you're anywhere near the Oklahoma City area and you feel comfortable in coming to a comedy club, uh, I'll be there. So that's that news. If you don't feel comfortable, that's okay. I got a bunch of crap up on YouTube. Some of the stuff I'm talking about tonight, I got to try out on stage last night. And uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to do comedy and scary. And exciting. It's been the last year, hasn't it? All of that and everything in between. Um, uh, let's see if there's any new reviews. I don't believe there are. Uh, but let me check it out. You know I'm not prepared. You knew this was going to be like this. When am I ever? I don't believe. No, there's no new reviews. But if you leave a five-star review and a comment, I'll read it right in this opening gap. Yeah, that right there, that's where I would have said whatever yammerings you put in there. But you didn't, so I'm not. Other than that, go subscribe on YouTube, follow me on all the social medias, and join and thrive, and let's hit the music. This Week in Zoltan. And we're recording. Hey everybody, welcome to the show, welcome to This Week in Zoltan, coming at you uh, on the road. That's where we are. We are at the lovely Courtyard Marriott in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, last second gig, I got to do some comedy, which is perfect because I have to do some more comedy next weekend. I don't mean have to. I mean genuinely want to. I've missed doing live stand-up regularly. I know I talk about it all the time, and I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to be in Oklahoma City at Bricktown Comedy Club, and apparently... I agreed to do the show back in June when I canceled last time because of COVID. And I, I, guess, I, to, I guess the booker was like, hey, how about we try again in January? And I'm like, sure. Because January from June seems so far away. That, I was like, well, I'll be dead by June or January. You know? For how long it took 2020 to end as a year uh, for them to say, hey, do you want to try in January all the way during in the summertime? I was like, yeah, yeah. We're either all going to be better or we'll all be dead. And neither of those things happened. So I'm going to be in Oklahoma City next week. <laughs> Got my last minute flight on points. Uh, and I needed to practice because I haven't been on a live stage, I think, since November. I was trying to figure out when the last time I did comedy, like the way comedy was meant to be in front of people. And I think it's November. So thankfully... My buddy Mark Norman hit me up, and he's like, hey, I'm going to be at the Tempe Improv this weekend, right now, where I'm recording. And um, he was like, yeah, you want to come feature? And I'm like, please, I need practice. I need, I'm need. i so out of shape. I was so nervous going on stage last night. I was like genuinely like open mic level nervous. I'm like, I don't know. I'm looking at notes on my phone. There's no order to them. There's just scattered thoughts. I had my thoughts about the stuff that happened on Wednesday. I had some random jokes, and then just, it was a mess. It was a mess. It looked like uh, like someone who just started a puzzle, like a 10,000-piece jigsaw puzzle with pieces scattered everywhere, and they haven't even started yet. 
you know how sometimes you walk in on someone doing a puzzle and they have like a couple corners filled together and a couple other random pieces they found that fit together I had none of that it looked like it looked like someone took a full puzzle and threw it in a wood chipper and all the pieces were just shoot about that's how nervous I was thankfully I only had to do 20 minutes so I was able to survive and they were a nice crowd they were very nice I think the crowds get it I think audiences get that we as comedians are out of shape it's uh, it's kind of like when they did basketball when they brought the bubble in and everyone was fat and tired it's like those ath- they under we understood those athletes didn't think there was gonna be a season so they were just at home doing what we were doing eating all the uber eats we could order we're like we got to support these small businesses we have to tip these gig workers and we did it by eating a lot of bread and just like those athletes got chubby we comedians got rusty and uh, thank god for this weekend because I would have been so nervous not doing comedy for over a month and then having to go headline do like 45 50 minutes in Oklahoma City at a brand new club which I was telling Emma about this before that's her in the background right there kind of fuzzed out uh, so if you don't see her reacting to any of this it's not because I'm bombing in a hotel room she has headphones in um, but the uh, I have new stage jitters that's something uh, I've, I've heard a few comics get but anytime you work at a new club you're like nervous because you don't know the stage you don't know the layout and then you mix that in with the fact that I haven't performed in so long it's like extra jitters but it was nice to get the first one out of the way I'm looking forward to the other four shows I have here in uh, in Tempe until until next weekend when I'm in Oklahoma City uh, but let's get into it the, the crazy news man Kim and Kanye sorry that's absolutely hacky uh, we'll get to Kim and Kanye in a second, but the uh, the Capitol was uh, ins- insurrection at the Capitol. I never I never knew what that word meant. Insurrection. I had heard it before. Like every once in a while, when you walk through the magazine aisle of a grocery store and they have those paperback novels up there, you know they have like the sexy ones that like lonely women read, where it's like some it's like Bobbio on the cover brushing his hair on a bearskin rug wearing nothing but a loincloth and then under those uh they got the war books like the tom clancy's for all the lonely men who are just surrounded by military gear even though they never served it insurrection was always on one of those like kind of war books and i never knew what that meant and now i know what it means it means when all the people that i deleted on facebook uh stormed the capitol that's what insurrection means. Uh, crazy. I remember because I, I woke up that morning and I put on the news and see, I was on CNN or something and they're counting all the electoral votes and Emma comes in and she goes, what are they doing? I'm like, they're counting the electoral votes and she goes, didn't they already do that? I'm like, yeah, but this is like the official, we're counting the votes and we're certifying the votes and we're going to make the new guy the president. And she's like, oh, and she's like, this is boring. And I'm, I said that. I'm like, this is also boring. And then I tweeted it. I tweeted something like, this is exciting and boring all at the same time. Kind of like when your grandparents come over and you're a kid and you're like, grandpa's coming. And then he shows up. And then after an hour, you're like, how long is he staying? Because he, uh, his stories are long-winded without an end and he smells a little. Um, so I got to the, this is a little long-winded and it smells a little portion of the certifying of the votes and then just as I tweeted this is boring it became not boring I I turned it off and then I looked on Twitter and they're like the 
the protesters have breached the Capitol. And I'm like, but I'm watching it. And then I just watch everyone on the screen run and hide. And people busted in. It was, I mean, you watched it. It was madness. It was crazy. It's very disorganized. I don't think they had a plan. I think the plan was we're going to raid the Capitol. And then I assumed they thought that they would be stopped. And that would be the message of their insurrection is the fact that they were stopped. But they weren't stopped. They made it in. And then they were in there. It was like a classic, like, what now moment. Like, because they're like, we we didn't think we'd be in here. And now here we are. And then they all just kind of looked at each other and went, selfies? I guess we should take selfies. And they were just, like, taking pictures with, with statues. Someone put, like, a MAGA hat on Gerald Ford. And that other guy, Richard Barnett, who just got arrested in Arkansas, I read on Twitter. Uh, he got... Uh, he sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk. Everyone, like, they broke in there, and then they just acted like tourists at a Madame Tussauds wax museum where they were just checking everything out. It was very weird, and but it was still dangerous. Like, people got, five people died. A woman from San Diego was shot in the face. She's dead. Uh, a cop died this morning, I read, and then apparently the other four people or three people no one cares about because I have no news on them. I don't know their name, I don't know their gender, I don't know their face, I got nothing, nothing about them. All I know is the cop and the lady from San Diego who is uh, in the Air Force and, uh, and a libertarian. That's all I know about her because she has a Twitter account. She got shot. And what, your madness. What was the game plan? I don't know what the, it was, it was just like, uh, it's kind of like, it reminded me of, like when college students go streaking and maybe I'm only thinking of that because I'm I'm right next to ASU but like that idea like that scene in old school where Will Ferrell is like we're going streaking but no one goes with them well in this situation everyone went with them but then what do you do when you get there you can't run forever so eventually there's going to be a portion where you're just walking back to the house naked and that's kind of like what it looked like once they broke in they're just like well we're here I guess we wait to be escorted down the stairs. <laughs> it was, it was insane. Uh, and then everybody talked about it. And then finally, all the politicians got together and they're like, "We're gonna finish the job we started, but first, we're gonna do speeches." It, everyone, I, that's the part I didn't get. They went back in to do the count, but everyone got to have like a group therapy session with political speeches and i'm like what's happening right now go back to counting the votes we don't not everyone has to give a message the pence gave a speech and then a couple others gave a speech and i thought that was going to be it all in the speeches and i'm like oh they're gonna let everybody talk. everyone's gonna give their pre and everyone had like well-written speeches i thought the entire time these politicians were in terror like being hunkered down uh, behind like a bench and stuff with like guards around and protecting them from the insurrectionists but apparently they were in there with like a pen and paper going four score and seven years ago and then I had to, we all had to listen to their big grandiose speeches did everyone need to talk you know what would have been a bigger message you guys go in a couple of you talk and then you just start knocking out these votes and you go this this Alaska went to Trump, the other state went to Biden, and you just go bam, 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 and then here's the final scoreboard, that's the new president, 
Good night, everybody. Who left this moose head? And then that could have been the whole situation. What a bunch of... What, what, a, what a kooky time, man. And every time something happens at the Capitol, I get nervous because my friend works there. Uh, a friend of mine that I, I met in middle school, we were good friends through high school, he's a police officer at the Capitol. And uh, oddly enough, I didn't even know he was a police officer at the Capitol until two years ago I was performing in D.C. And he messaged me. And he goes, hey, meet me at the Capitol building at 11. And uh, that's all he said. And then I show up, and he's a cop. I hadn't talked to him in years. I'm like, oh, you're a cop. And he goes, yeah, I work at the Capitol. And he gave me this cool tour of it. And uh, it was amazing. And then that's all I could think about while I was watching the footage of these people flooding the halls, stealing podiums and mail, and taking pictures with statues, like drunken tourists. All I could remember is like, oh, I toured there. Pat took me through there. And then, you know, thankfully, I, I he's okay. Um, he wasn't the cop that lost his life, thankfully. Um, but good Lord. Just go, you know. I don't know what to tell you. You're not even allowed to have an opinion on this. Like, I posted my clip of my stand-up talking about it. Or I posted my tweet or whatever. So many people on Facebook are just like, their automatic response is just memes with fake news on them and like a youtube clip telling me i'm wrong and it's how do you argue with people how do you argue with people that are adamant they're right you can't you just kind of gotta leave it there like this one dude posted all these memes and links to youtube videos to prove his conspiracy theory and I didn't respond to any of them, and my only hope, and I know it's a dumb hope because I have 0% chance of this happening, I hope one day he goes back and looks at that thread and sees how psychotic he looks by having a one-sided argument with himself and going like, maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe this YouTube link wasn't news. Pure madness. Um, but that wasn't the biggest news. Kim and Kanye broke up. <laughs> I, uh, that was the biggest news until the biggest news was the insurrection at the Capitol. Uh, before that happened, I was like, man, I'm going to have to spend the whole podcast talking about Kim and Kanye. Uh, I can't believe they made it this long. I don't know how long they've been married. I know they have some kids with very, uh, uh, not good names. And that's coming from a Zoltan. I think I can be a judge on not good names. Those aren't good names. North and Gucci, and Paris, Southeast, I don't know, I know, some of those names might be right, some might be wrong, um, but they've been together longer than anyone expected, I don't know how anyone would stay married to the other, because they are equally unlikable, and in different ways, like like Kanye West has uh his bipolar disorder and he's insane. That's why I'm not saying he's insane because he has bipolar disorder. I'm saying he's bipolar and insane. So you don't know which uh which dose of Kanye you're getting on which day. And then Kim is just like they both have the dumbest dreams. Kanye wants to run for president and and Kim wants to be a lawyer. Like those are like no. Just send a check. That's what happens when you have too many people around you. When you become too successful, you just have a bunch of people around you, I think, that tell you you're great and you can just do anything 
any dumb idea that comes out of your mouth, they're like, well, we're on payroll, so that's a good idea. Get after that. No, Kanye West, do not be president. Are you watching the TV? No more celebrity presidents. It's not good. It, it, does, it doesn't work out. No, like The Rock said he would run. Please don't run. Please, because you might win. And I love The Rock. My mom loves The Rock. Your mom loves The Rock. Everybody loves The Rock, but he should not be the president. It's a horrible idea. But I think what happens is when you get that successful, nobody around you tells the truth because you're the reason they're able to pay rent. And then so you get a bunch of people like Kanye West who thinks he should be president and Kim Kardashian who thinks she should be an attorney. Just send a check. You're very rich. Find the person that's doing the things you like and send a check like Kim. Her heart's in the right place. She wants prison reform. That's great. Send a check to an organization that's doing that. And she's like, no, I'm going to be a lawyer and represent these prisoners that have been wrongfully imprisoned. Oh, so you want to make sure they get more years. How terrified would you be if you're a prisoner in prison for a crime you didn't commit and the person you get to represent you is Kim Kardashian? Like, I wouldn't even show up to court. I'd be like, do I get a choice? Do I get a choice on you representing me? How about this? How about you pay the person that does represent me? That'd be great, because I actually want to get out of here. I don't want to be your practice run as a client. But with all that being said, uh, they're they're breaking up. Um, I honestly don't know how they put up with each other. I, I don't know how Kim put up with Kanye. He seems like a loon. At the same token, I don't know how Kanye put up with Kim and that whole family. That whole family. Can you imagine how long dinners take at that family? They all speak with that slow, I don't even know how to describe it, that Kim Kardashian cadence, where everything is just said with this cadence that makes it seem more important than it is. It's like, why are you speaking so slow? Are the synapses in your brain not firing quick enough so you can have a sentence at a pace that normal humans talk? <laughs> like, what? She's over there, every, every sentence she says on that horrible show, it's like... It's, it's like profound words, but she's mainly talking about a missing pepper shaker that her mom's looking for. I, I, speak up. We can't hear you. And quick. Quicken it. Bless their hearts. Uh, I love that I'm looking into this, and I can see Emma in the back, and she just put the whole laptop up to cover her face. Did you hear that? Nope, she didn't hear that. I was testing your headphones to see if you you can look if you could hear or not. Uh, anyway, so yeah, insurrection. Uh, Kim and Kanye split, and there's a show on. Uh, I found this. This was the only like fun news that I found in a weird week. I mean, a marriage ending is never good news. Uh, insurrection at the Capitol. I don't care how you voted. I don't think that's good news. Um, so the only piece of good news I could find is I found an article that said there's a Dutch children's show where the main character has a really long penis. And that's the, that's the theme, or that's the hook. That's the show. The main character has a long whacker, and he uses it to get himself in and out of trouble. Uh, let me look up the show, because I, I actually saved it. I, uh... What did I do? I retweeted or something? It's somewhere. But yeah, leave it to the Dutch, man. They are always, like, they are ahead of everything. And 
truth be told, I'm sure if I looked into the show, it's actually probably like a good show for kids. You know, maybe it teaches little boys that their self-worth isn't measured by what they carry in their pants. Or it could just be a wacky cartoon where a guy like lassos his penis and grabs milk out of the fridge while he's watching the game on the couch. Uh, Parents are outraged by a kid's show about a very long penis. This is Vice.com. Uh, the public Danish broadcaster producing the show claims that it's meant to explore the body in fun and embarrassing ways. See, there you go. It's about, you know, not being ashamed of your body, even if you have an ever-expanding penis. Uh, the Danish children's television television series about a man with the world's longest penis is causing controversy online in the small Scandinavian nation of six million. The animated series... John Dillermand. That, uh, yeah, that's like a long penis last name. Like, it's Dill right in there. Like, if it was just John Dill, you'd be like, I don't know. But the fact that it was Dill and then more letters after, you're like, this guy's packing a hammer. Uh, this show premiered, uh, on Saturday on DR Ramajang. I'm saying that wrong, I'm sure. The publicly funded children's channel comparable to PBS. So this show is like on PBS Kids in uh, in Danish, Dutch, Netherlands, right? I'm so dumb. Oh, where do the Danish live? The Netherlands. I'm sure you're yelling at me through this going the answer, but whatever. Um, the show follows Dillerman and his excessively long penis that gets him in and out of cases of various precarious situations. In episode one, Dillerman uses his handy instrument as a dog leash, while in another, according to the synopsis, his almost snake-like penis (laughs) apparently causes some trouble at the zoo. One can only imagine what. That's what it's at. That's the article. Danes have reacted to the show with a mix of praise and horror, as one could imagine. Uh, someone has to draw the line with the new John D series, one person wrote on Facebook. I have no idea what you were <laughs> thinking at the time of Me Too. Oh, I didn't even think of it as a Me Too thing. Are these kids being Me Tooed by a claymation tallywhacker? Just for the... I, I, I played a clip. I watched like 10 seconds of the show. And you don't like see... Like it's not a bare naked penis. Just so you know. He's wearing like a Where's Waldo striped onesie. And then his penis comes out. Almost like a hose running out of his where penises come from. And it's also wearing a onesie. Like it's a striped onesie. It almost looks like a copperhead snake. Ever expanding. Uh, Should kids learn that it's fun playing with the dick? I mean... I don't think you have to learn that. I think that just comes naturally that it's fun. Uh, But this is what one person wrote. Uh, And with that frightening case of pedophilia that exists. Oh, that's true. I don't know if this cartoon would get kids susceptible to pedophilia, but I don't know. I also don't have children, so these opinions that I have are invalid. Um, That is just as funny as I can fly. Oh, yeah. There's this one part where he attaches it to a balloon and takes off. I think it's grotesque. Wow. So, you know, if you're feeling, if you're at home right now and you're depressed about the insurrection at the Capitol, our democracy being 
ripped uh, by the seams. Or if you're depressed about Kim and Kanye not working it out, uh, there's a Danish TV show about a man with an ever-expanding penis, and it's for kids. And I th- that cheered me up because I was pretty bummed out. And then I was scrolling through the news, and I found that, and I was like, hey, wait a minute. I think I'm smiling again. So that's there for you. What else did I have written down? Oh, I got – there was a uh, – Emma showed me this. There's a guy who's uh, he's from Lebanon. He's a uh, mystic, or uh, what's that called? Where you tell the future? He he gives predictions of the future, and apparently he's been right a lot. Although I looked at some of his predictions, and they're vague. Uh, like last year, they said that he would uh, that he that he picked like he knew that Kobe Bryant was gonna die. But all he said was like some basketball player will make tragic news. And I'm like, well, okay. That's pretty vague. There's a lot of basketball players. One of them could get a DUI, and you could say that's it. But he put out his list of predictions, and they're not good. They don't sound good. One of them said that, like, something from space is going to come that's going to shock everyone at NASA and the public, and it's going to be very public. So there's that, which actually seems like a relief. Like, if it's an attack from the North, and by the North I mean the aliens... I feel like that would be a relief with the way the world's going. You know, just make it quick and painless. Put us out of our misery. Um, but then he also made specific claims. Like he wrote, the one I wrote down, he goes, John, Elton John will take a tumble. And I remember turning to Emma going like, how do you think Elton John feels? Like you're just, you're just scrolling. Maybe he Googled himself. Maybe he set up Google alerts with his name in it. And it says, bad 2021 prediction for Sir Elton John. And he opens it up, and all it is is Elton John will take a tumble. That man is going to skip every stair in his house. He's only going to stay at the bottom level. He's going to have like he's gonna have his servants bring his bed down from the second story. Like, no, nah, I'm sleeping in the garage. There's no more going up or down. Everything's flat, a level. It says here I'm going to take a tumble. And that's the problem with these, like, I like predictions, like it's fun, but with all the people that are like uh, fortune tellers and mediums and all that, they they say all these vague things where it's like if anything happens, you'll be like, oh, maybe that's what they were talking about. No, give me specific. I For me to believe that you can tell me the future, I want specific, specific details. Give me the lotto number. You can be off by three, but give me like give me at least half the digits. I don't even know how many digits are in the lotto, but you know, step it up a notch. Um, and also he gave like these horrible predictions, like they, or at least they could be interpreted as gloom and doom predictions. Which, if this guy, which I don't mean to knock this guy in case anyone really digs him, but if this guy's right, like if I was a uh, Nostradamus type. And I could tell the future, but the only future I saw was hell. I'd lie for like the sake of the world. Like if I, if the only predictions I saw were hellfire and brimstone, and they were like, "Hey Zoltan, what's 2021 looking like?" I'd be like, eh, "Nothing much. Go enjoy your life and don't wait. Just do it now. Is there a trip you want to take? Go do it. Go do it. You want abs?" Starting soon, or sooner than later, because you might you might not have that six pack before the end of it. 
right? Like, why would you tell the whole world to, to crap their pants? Just lie to us. We're not psychics. We don't know if you're right or wrong. Or just be vaguer about it. Put a more optimistic spin on it. I don't know. Those are the four things I saw this week. Insurrection at the Capitol. Kim and Kanye. Children's cartoon with an ever-expanding penis. And this guy, if you want to look him up, I think it's pronounced... I think his name is Michael Hayek. Uh, he's from Lebanon, and he gave uh, 2021 predictions for every country in the world, and the world, as a collective, and uh, it's interesting, but it's also depressing. So, definitely look that up before you look up the children's show with the long penis, because then I feel like that thing would cheer you up at the end. So look up all the negative stuff first, then save that Danish cartoon for the end as a nightcap, just to make you go... <laughs> We're going to be all right. I think that's what we need. Well, I mean, what positives are going out there? Bitcoin's at 40000 I feel like the people that own a lot of Bitcoin are the only real fortune tellers of the world. They're the only ones that can tell the future. Like, whoever has, like, a 1,000 Bitcoins, those things are up to 40000 each or 30000 I don't know, some ridiculous number. I have, like, this much Bitcoin. I've made like $1,400 on Bitcoin, which is a million dollars in my world, so I'm pumped about it. But I'm saying that cryptocurrency is so volatile, going up, down, inside out. The only true mystics on our planet own a lot of Bitcoin because apparently they saw it coming. That's who I would go to. Like if I was walking through the park... And someone had a tent that said, Psych, get your tarot card reading. This person can tell the future. And then underneath the sign, it goes, by the way, I bought a 1,000 Bitcoin before anybody. I'd be like, that person knows. That person knows something. Because he's about to get rich for nothing. He just got rich for doing a lot of nothing, just knowing the future. So I want him to tell me how my life's going to work out. Um... I think that's the show for this week. Thank you for uh, joining or whatever you do. Uh, let me give uh, my special shout-out to all the people that have uh, not only subscribed to my YouTube channel but have joined at the cat person level, which is $9.99 a month. These are good people. Uh, we were doing weekly lives. We have, uh, we have cut it back. I'm going to do a... Uh, what I want to do is a monthly live with, a, uh, with the trivia game and then I'll send out gifts to the winners, which I think will be exciting. We're going to try that out, I think, next weekend I'm in Oklahoma City, so maybe the weekend after that. Maybe like the last weekend of January, we will set up a group live when we can all hop on there. Um, let me... Why don't you say, uh, memberships. Memberships. I'm pulling it up. You know I'm disorganized. I don't know how many times I gotta say it till you get it. All right, Rebecca Downs, B1 Bailey, which is Annette, Laura Bosch, Linda Roberts, Laura Nystrom, Stephanie M, Julia Vina, Isidon, Renee Spalding, RC Woodshop, Craig Rappaport, Judy Dean, Marilyn RX, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Sarah Zanto, Alan Nugent, Laura Hornstra. Thank you very much for uh, joining my page. If $9.99 a month is too rich for your blood, we also have a buck ninety-nine and four ninety-nine. All have special features at each level. And uh, that's the show. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes and a comment. I'll read it in the opening buffer. Come to Oklahoma City next week. 
Follow me on all the social medias. It's at Zoltan Comedy. I can't believe I remembered all that, and I do every week. Ciao, everybody. Uh, take care of yourselves and, and, and each other. That's a good sign-off. I'm actually proud of that one.